1: You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts.
0: Welcome into episode three of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Uremchuk, Cam Lewis is here as well, and we have a special guest joining us this week, a special guest host joining us this week on the pod. You can find him On Twitter at underscore B-K-U-H underscore Brendan Kuhn. Am I saying the last name right? I usually check before we start recording, but I'm just rolling today.
2: (laughs) No, you nailed it. Well done. Well done, Tyler.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. uh, We're going to get right into things. Brendan's going to be joining us, giving us a third voice on all of our topics this week on the podcast. Before we get to that, though, should let you know there's going to be a bit of a format change going forward. Initially, our plan was a podcast every Monday morning to talk about the last seven days, get you set for the seven days coming up. As well, We're changing that up now. We're going to do series recap. So as soon as the series ends for the Toronto Blue Jays, that next morning, we're going to have a podcast out and ready to go. So that's how episodes are going to be dropped going forward here. Uh, but Mr. Cam Lewis, you were along today as well. We're going to get into three up, three down in just a second, but When we did the podcast last Sunday, we were fired up. We were in a great mood. Like, just beat the Yankees two out of three. Holy shit, life is good. The last seven days have not gone as planned. Just quickly sum up the last
1: week here in Blue Jays fandom. Well, at the end of the last podcast, I said that (laughs) all would be well if the Blue Jays went uh, finished these next two series and sat with a 7-3 and record, which involved taking, you know, two or three against Texas because they were probably going to lose the Rourke start and then taking, you know, what was it? Three of four against the angels. Is that what I said? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And then that didn't happen. They went into Texas. They won the first game. Everything was looking great. They were sitting three and one. And then the bats (laughs) forgot how to hit. And then Tanner Rourke came out and pitched. And that went exactly how you thought it would go. And then again, the angels showed up to Dunedin and it was bad. The Bats again, didn't hit, but thankfully on Saturday, we got a fantastic game though. It felt like it was about 36 hours long. It was a great one. And then, on Sunday, we got probably the most nicely timed rainout of all time. I have never been yeah. more genuinely excited about a Toronto Blue Jays baseball game being rained out than I was on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that in three up, three down. But like last Sunday, we were sitting here being like, LOL, the Texas Rangers are the worst fucking team in baseball history. We're going to smoke them. We're going to be whatever in one at the end of it. It's going to be great. It didn't go that way. Uh, Brendan, what are your major takeaways from the last sort of seven days here?
2: Yeah, I uh, talked with you guys last week about coming on, and as the week played out, I was like, oh, this is a really <laughs> lousy week to be coming on the pod as they look awful in every facet of the game. Um, it, it, tough week. The bats still need to get going. The breakout game, hopefully, yesterday, Saturday, uh, hopefully is enough to, to bring some momentum moving forward. But, uh, yeah, frustrating week. A lot of guys playing below their capabilities. Tanner Roark playing to exactly his capability. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yesterday was a feel-good game. Didn't matter to me how long the rainout was. Didn't matter how much of a slog watching that game was. Nothing but joy watching them put up 15 runs um, and seeing some unlikely contributors be uh, be a big part of that. So it was a fun fun game yesterday, and uh, yeah, it brings a better mood for this podcast for sure. Now you're out on
0: the west coast too, right?
2: Yeah, but I also have a three year old, so oh, okay, uh, late well, night for common. me is like kind of the same time uh, of day that late night for someone on the east coast would be. That's so yeah, I, I, it's not like I was staying up late for it, which I guess is part of why it wasn't too bad. But uh, but yeah, late night baseball, <laughs> it's a slog. It's a slog for me regardless.
0: Yep. Late night baseball in a minor league ballpark. There's nothing sexier than that. Um, all right, let's get into three up, three down. As always, it's brought to you by Twig and Berries. Hit them up, twig and berries.ca. They got their very own line of Nutsack underwear. They got a new website right now that looks just as good as you, the listener, would in a pair of their Nutsack underwear. Free shipping in Canada on orders over $100 as well. Uh, we got off to like a little bit of a downstart here. So let's let's go to the ups first. Let's do our three up. And the first one we got here is Josh Palacio, Santiago Espinal. You had won the feel-good moment of like Vladdy introducing him to Albert Pujols. That was really cool. But Two guys who gave you offense when maybe, I mean, well, not maybe, you probably weren't expecting them to give you offense. Uh, Brendan, what did you like about those two?
2: Yeah, placeo said at a great spring and all of a sudden, and, and you know, when you hear the Jays organization talk about him in the offseason, a guy they believed in added him to the 40-man roster, which kind of felt surprising, not necessarily a, a well-heralded prospect. Um, but he really impressed in spring. So I, there's a lot of empty batting averages that can happen in spring where guys are just hitting bloop singles and stuff like that he was crushing the ball he uh i think he maxed out at like 110 mile per hour hit um he was constantly hitting line drives well over 100 miles an hour the kind of things that make you actually believe that he can be a thing Um, and to see him come up and and uh you know not have any game action since spring weeks ago um and to have that type of game super encouraging um, Esvidal, really nice guy, nice story. I'm a little bit less of a believer, but again, great game. And, and you saw him look really sharp defensively too at a position that I don't think he's played very much of third base. So um, really, really exciting to see two guys like that uh, play well. And and uh, Plesios being a, a left-handed bat, um, you know, if he, if he can become, you know, quote unquote a thing, that is huge for the Jays moving forward. So nice for him to get his opportunity and, uh, you know, hopefully he gets a little bit more run here and we'll see what he's capable of.
1: I think the one thing that's also really nice about this is it's so good to see the team just have depth. Yeah. Like so many times in the past, we've seen you know X player gets injured and the guy coming up to replace him is just poof. But now it's like okay, like you know Teoscar Hernandez is on the uh, disabled list for you know a COVID situation, and Lourdes Guriel has a reaction to you know getting a shot, and still you call up a guy who actually looks quite good, and that's cool. But. I have one stat for you guys and sorry for making this negative, but I have to, because I just saw it and it's jarring. Yeah. Josh Palacios and Kevin Biggio have the exact same amount of hits this season. Well, one of them has 35 plate appearances and one has nine.
0: Okay. If you leave out the plate appearances part, as my voice cracks awkwardly, (laughs) Um, How's puberty
1: going for you,
0: Tyler? It's very (laughs) difficult. It's a very uh, emotional time for me. It's kind of like a glass half full, half empty thing if you don't include the plate appearances. Like, you know, hey, it's a surprise. But yeah, no, that is not exactly um, great. PGO's had like, what, one good game, I think, so far this season, you could probably say?
2: Yeah, let's remind Cam here that this is the ups category.
1: Yeah, right. no, I, I ruined it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so and I, I I'm could, We
2: can talk Kevin on the downs. I've, <laughs> I, I've seen the term on Twitter right, where right. it's like Kevin pilled, and people are like, oh no. They looked into the underlying metrics of his passing. They read
1: Keith like, Law's content, and yeah, they're like, there,
2: there's a problem here, and people just didn't <laughs> want to believe it. And I kind of tried to ignore it myself. And now all yep. I see is like soft yep. contact and not swinging. And uh, I've been broken. I've been broken. But uh, and every
1: time, every time you see him, like someone throwing a fastball, you're like, <gasps> you like, oh god, yeah, do it, you can't do it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll be positive. I'll, 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 let us enjoy these next two points. I'll, yeah. I'll stop being terrible.
0: I'll, I'll let you be positive about Stephen Mats because that's been, I mean, right up there and on the season as a whole is one of the big positives right now.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say right now that Stephen Matz is going to win the American League Cy Young this year. And it's not even a question of if he's going to win it. It's more like, is he going to win unanimously? And the real question is, is whether he's going to win MVP. But no, like jokes aside, like Steven Matz was a pitcher that the Blue Jays acquired in the offseason and nobody was excited about it. Nobody. Because everybody was interested in, you know, the Jays going out and signing Jake Odorizzi or signing, you know, Masahiro Tanaka or James Paxton. And speaking of Pax and his season, unfortunately has now come to an end. And I think, I think he's getting Tommy John again. I, I might be wrong. Yeah. But I think it was recommended. Yeah. Right. Which sucks. You hate to see that, but anyways, like, so you got Steven Matz and it was like, okay, this guy was terrible last year for the Mets, but a lot of pitches were terrible last year because it was a weird season. You know, there wasn't really a spring training. Like it was kind of a joke. So how far can you look into those results? And then, you know, he worked with Pete Walker. Pete Walker sprinkled his magic elixir on him. And now, all of a sudden, through 12 and a third innings, Stephen Matz has only allowed two earned runs and he struck out 13 guys and only walked four. And he looks really good. And that's exciting because, you know, if Robbie Ray comes back and he's good too, then all of a sudden, this rotation that we thought was going to be really bad is actually pretty decent.
0: Yeah. Like, it's interesting. I saw someone tweet out. He's already been worth like half a win this season. Um, And last year through like nine starts, he was worth like negative one. Um, yeah, which Hasn't at, has at 0.5 right now.
1: That's just kind yeah. of open.
0: And when you're a team that doesn't go out and get the big fish for your rotation, like, you know, this off season, how it played out, you need your rec- reclamation projects to hit. And Brendan, it looks like that's happening right now.
2: Yeah. I, coming into the season, I just thought like between Ray and Matt's, if one of them just kind of emerges as this above average pitcher, yeah. um, that's a big win between the two of them. You're paying 13 million bucks for both these guys who have shown capability in the past, have not been good recently. Um, and I probably would have guessed it would have been more Ray. I um, mean, hopefully it is. Now, if you hit on both those guys, all of a sudden, a lot of these worries we currently have uh, go away pretty quickly. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, whatever it was that Jays saw in Matt's, um, I didn't understand it at the time. <laughs> also, I don't think any of us were watching that many Stephen Matt starts in the past. So it's just looking oh. at the numbers and reading what people say about him. It's like, all right, like this seems weird. And as a prospect nerd, I'm like, oh no, Josh Winkowski, <laughs> but Josh Winkowski for Matt, so I wanted to clear that now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he just looks good. Like it, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem fake superficial luck. He's pitching well. He's pitching with authority. He's a guy looking with uh, to have a lot of confidence. That's a great hitting lineup he faced. It was a weird yeah. day with the weather and, and the minor league park and late night for for Florida. So, um, you know, I, where the Angels were at, I don't know, after that terrible game, they might have just been ready to pack up or after the, that terrible second inning. But, um, yeah, there, there's a lot to like there. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing it and, uh, continue forward. But it's been nothing but this since spring. So he's he's shown it for, for a couple months now.
0: Probably looking too far down the road, but like I'm still a believer they probably should go acquire a starting pitcher at some point this year to like, you know, really solidify that rotation. But like if Matt's continues this or not maybe this, but like, you know, continues being above average, if Ray is above average, you have Ryu, if Pearson's healthy, if you go get an arm, like it's reasonable almost to expect the, the rotation can become a strength by the end of the season, which is something I didn't really think I'd be saying. But when you hit on two reclamation projects like this, like, man, they, I think there legitimately is a possibility it's that strong coup.
1: No, yeah, no, 100%. Like, But the the one concern I'd say, and I'm, oh my God, I'm being negative again. But mm-hmm. it's the one thing that's a bit worrying is if that is how it goes down and you have Matt's for you and Ray and that's effective, then that's kind of weird to have three lefties and you don't really want to be taking that into a series against New York Yankees, I don't think. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's that's kind of the one challenge, but I'm not trying to be negative. It's just, but if they get to
0: a series against the New York Yankees, like playoff wise, probably take it at that point as well. Um, Let's get to the, let's get to the third up, which is a weird up, but it's sticking with the rotation. And it's the fact that they didn't have to play Tanner Roark on Sunday. And instead they got to pull the plug on him in the rotation. Um, Brendan, your take on potentially not having to see Tanner Roark start another baseball game.
2: Yeah, God was equally disinterested in seeing a Tanner Roark start (laughs) against uh, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon. So, um, yeah, him being bumped to the bullpen at this point is encouraging because it's not like all the starters are healthy to begin with. So if they're making this decision now when the replacements are guys like Stripling and Zoic, um, it's a pretty clear picture that they see Roark the same way we see him. Um, I'm not sure, you know, DFA is in the imminent future. I, I think he can just be that mop-up guy in the pen. Any any innings you don't want anybody worthwhile pitching, Roar can be your guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is kind of that uh, lower the, the leverage with him and uh, just let him, you know, pick up innings where they exist um, to, to need to be filled. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I could be anything but thrilled to, to not have to see him start. <laughs> um and what you know i i selfishly i wanted to watch baseball today so i was kind of hoping something would improve just for the spectacle, right
1: you road. wanted to see how far mike trout could hit a tenner roll over, yeah. 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 over the school
2: yeah over, over the school over the canadian us border yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah i i'm i'm quite happy ultimately that uh that we may have seen his last start as a blue jay um and and quite likely the the last time we've seen him in any type of leverage or important situation. So that's good.
0: Cam, are you prepared to say Tanner
1: Rorick is awful or are you not going to go that far? I will absolutely say that. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with this because what it shows is the Jays are willing to make the right decision to win right now. And I think we saw that when the team came out of spring training and they went ahead and put Reese McGuire on waivers, who's not as good as Alejandro Kirk. And they chose to bring in, you know, keep Tim Meza who had options instead of Francisco Liriano. And I just kind of, you know, those, those were, those were win now decisions that have asset management decisions. And what you're doing by chucking Tanner Rourke in the bullpen is it's like optically it's ugly because you toss the guy a pretty big contract and you're basically just accepting that you signed a guy to a bad deal, but you know, I'd rather see them just like stomach their mistake and move on and just like, you know, um TJ Zoe has been more effective. Ross Stripling has been pretty mediocre, but still more effective than Tanner Rourke at this stage. And it's it was very clear in that one start against Texas. And I think it was uh Joe Siddall that said this on the broadcast. Actually, he said it, it's very clear that Tanner Rourke's career is pretty much over. Like he's thrown a lot of high quality innings for the Washington Nationals. He's burnt out, he just doesn't have anymore. He's throwing like 89 miles an hour. Like it's just not happening. And You know, good on the Jays for just accepting it and you know going with what's going to work because you know this—it's not going to be easy to make the playoffs this year. There's a handful of good teams, so there isn't that much room for error. You can't have a guy going out and throwing six starts of batting practice before you finally decide to pull the plug.
0: Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like it does kind of show. And as much as you might not love the fact that you have to stomach the bad contract and be like, ah, he's sitting in the bullpen now, almost like it's it maybe it's offensive to say he's rotting away in the bullpen, but like he kind of is now I'd rather be looking at a $12 million guy and being like, ah, he's doing nothing. than look at a $12 million guy and be like, he's actively hurting our chances at winning baseball games.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's go starting just because of his contract and that's, that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. Um, let's get to the down now, um, even though all three of those ups ended on rather negative points. Uh, let's <laughs> start with strikeouts. Just looking right now, the jays are have the are tied for the eighth most strikeouts in majors. Brendan, how big of a problem is this?
2: I don't know. Um, it, mm-hmm. more than you expect to see from some of these guys and and by nature, some of the jays hitter uh, hitters the Jays have are going to K a little bit, but it's over the top now. There's, there's a lot of guys striking out more than they should. And, and uh, kind of stuck between the reacting to, you know, eight games or a week's worth of games versus like, okay, the, the career norms or the career averages should kind of find their way to, to how things look soon. So concerning if it continues that way, not necessarily something I expect to continue that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rowdy to less it's, bizarre watching him hit right now yeah, he, he looks lost i feel bad for the guy he, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing up at the plate um and that's the guy who took a giant step forward with strikeouts last year um he became an above like well above average k rate uh which is shocking for the type of hitter that he is um and that's what got me excited about him coming into this year but uh and he, he just looks lost and there's a lot of guys just guessing at pitches and hacking away and and uh, Semyon's had some big hits for the Jays, but he's striking out quite a bit too. And wow. and uh, the Angels had his number yesterday, as everybody else was hitting. But uh, yeah, he was he was swinging at low low off speed stuff over and over and over again. Um, so I mean, it's been an issue. I'm I'm hopeful that it's not a long term issue, um, but something they need to work on. And guys are pressing and uh, and here's hoping they figure it out quickly.
1: Cam, do you think they figure it out quickly? Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Teoscar hey, Hernandez is going to put up a 517 OPS this season, nor is Rowdy Telez going to go over oh, 500. Like, you know, Teoscar struck out in four, 14 times in 29 plate appearances. Doesn't have a single walk. Boguchat has 12 strikeouts, one walk. Um, Rowdy Telez, eight strikeouts, one walk, like Lourdes Gurriel, seven strikeouts, no walks. Like it's ugly. It's, it, it really is. Like we, we all see it. Like, this is clear with the eye test. It does. It, it seems like every time the Jays come up to bat, they're beginning every, you know, played appearance down. Oh, two. It, it, it kind of reeks of that, but we all know this is a, this is kind of um, a boom bust team. Like that's what, that's what they're going to be. They're going to hit dingers and they're going to strike out. And that's what they're all about. But eventually as time goes on, and I think we kind of saw this last year too, it took them a little while to hit their stride finally, but I mean, They'll figure it out. I I would think. I don't I don't think we should sit here and overreact to like a nine game sample size, especially like, you know, early on in the season. Usually pitchers are more warm than hitters. That's just kind of inevitable. But I I I do worry about some of the guys. Like I worry about I worry about BGO and I worry about Teles. Those are the two that I am kind of like, like I'm a, I'm eh. like is, is is are they going to rebound? I don't know. Like it's hard to say. Yeah, the that's the thing.
0: Is weird. Um, let's go into this.
1: He looks just like it. it looks like he's holding a fucking broom or something when he's batting. It's weird.
0: All right. Am let's I right? Go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess. I guess it kind
2: of looks like he's holding That
1: was a, a weird analogy. That's just what came <laughs> into my head. I like, I don't know. He looks
2: terrified. Like. He, he looks he like he has no clue what's coming and he's just going to take a guess. Um, and yeah, I mean, the dude just looks kind of defeated up at the plate. So feel for him. He's a guy who's great at radio interviews in the offseason. Sounded like a guy with a lot of perspective and excited about the year and ready to take the step forward in a guy I was believing in and, and uh, certainly not out on him yet, but like, it's, no. it's, it's looked concerning. It's not, yeah. He, he just looks really bad.
0: Yeah. Like I, you try not to overreact to like a slump because all hitters slump. And part of me goes like, Oh man, if he was doing this, you know, in the middle of July after he had already put together two solid months, like we're probably not even really bringing it up too much. It's just kind of like, ah, Rowdy's having a shitty stretch, but like, the fact that it happens is early in the year. It's always a bigger story. Um, the strikeouts are concerning. The second point we have here are injuries. Brendan, what concerns you more, the injuries or the strikeouts? <laughs>
2: uh, well, yeah, injuries are a little less controllable, I would, I would figure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the team needs to be healthy to, to be the contender with the Yankees. Um, at the same time, I mean, you know, they've got some COVID issues, which, which shouldn't be long term. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, you know, Ray coming back, which is a huge part of the rotation. Um, it seems like some guys are, you know, looking, looking up or, you know, positive, uh, forecast, but Springer's concerning, obviously having a second injury, uh, overlapping a first one, um, with no real timetable at this point. So, um, kind of weird to begin a season completely without your big acquisition, like, uh, like the Jays landed because yeah, sometimes they're just not thinking about him. We're always forgetting he exists as part of this, uh, this core and he's a huge part to what the team will be doing, but uh, yeah, I mean, they need to be, you know, careful with him and, and uh, make sure he's really good to go before he comes back. So this isn't a continued issue. Um, it does make me wonder about the turf long term. Yep. You know, once uh, once the Jays are back in Toronto and the fact that he'll oh, be spending sorry. a lot of time standing in the outfield. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs>
0: I didn't even think um, about
2: that. Yeah, standing <laughs> yeah, even forever six years, right? It's like, oh, okay, man, we, we got to get yeah, we got to get got get him healthy and keep him healthy and find a way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. It, all in all, the, the the team needs to to get moderately healthy with pitching. They have depth, like we talked about uh, offensively, and and uh, we've seen some of that shine through already. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, health is going to be a key to to being a contender with the Yankees and to really making that playoff push this year.
1: Cam injuries, your take? Uh, yeah, I'm um, pretty much the same thing for me. Like, yeah. uh, I I think the one you didn't touch on quite as much is Nate Pearson. Mm. Um, that's worrying for me because it seems like the guy has never been healthy. It seems like he's never come anywhere close to pitching. Like what was a, like a full season? Like, cause the one time that he did, it was the piggyback thing, right? It was five innings, two innings, five innings, two innings, the back and forth. And it's like, is this guy ever going to be able to stretch himself out and toss six, seven innings? Or are we starting to look at, I hate to say it again, you know what I'm going to say, because we talked about it. Jeez. You got, you got in my DMs after the first podcast and bitch me <laughs> out. But are we looking at a reliever when it comes to Nate person Are we?
2: They, is there worry there? They, there, uh, there, there? Am I,
1: am I just being insane?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it could, it could end up there. I, I think the organization is right to exhaust him as a starter as much as they can. Um, and it's kind of that weird place where as long as they get him healthy from this groin thing, um, the season kind of, timeline wise would line up with kind of the innings increase you'd want them to have anyway. So there's still a way for this year to actually align performance wise with what the team might have expected or wanted to get out of them. But now you're kind of looking at that as a best case scenario opposed to, you know, entering the year, having them start, having them perform, look good, and then kind of figure out these um, uh, fatigue stuff further down the road. So uh, yeah, a little, uh, a little worried about how how that's going to play out with Nate, but he's he's a big key to what uh, what the Jays can pull off this year. So hopefully that turns around.
0: The third point for uh, the three down here is Bo Bichette at shortstop and. This is something I, like, I wanted to wish it into existence that the defense was solved. I said it, uh, my hot take for the year was that he's going to be an AL MVP candidate because the defense will just figure itself out. That's the only like analysis I can give there. It looks like it's not figuring itself out. Cam, how long do the Jays like let this run out? Like, is there a point where you have to look and be like, okay, like is like if Pearson's not a starter and
1: Bichette's not a shortstop, what are we even doing here? Yeah, put Bo in the bullpen, like get him in the bullpen too. Like they're all relievers now. That's just the way it is. But yeah, no, it's um, it's a bit worrying. It was especially worrying with the um, the TJ Zoic star, right? Like that's yeah. ultimately what put that game sideways. I mean, at the end of the day, the Jays scored, I think it was one run on like three hits that game. I, I tuned out in the fifth inning, but Um, yeah, like Zoic was pitching. Okay. Like he was allowing some soft contact. It was not that bad. And then Bo had that error and it just, the whole thing went sideways and the angels put up a crooked number. And it was like, that can't be happening. And it's like, we've seen him many times this year, just like bobbling balls and throwing like bad throws to first. And it's like, I don't know. Like if, again, this we've talked about with, uh, the, the blue Jays have clearly opted to roll with a win now approach, but as, the, uh, the famous Josh Donaldson one says, this is not the dry league. This is the get it done league. And it's like, we'd all love to see Bo be a shortstop long-term such as we'd all, I mean, I think a lot of us want to see Vladdy be a third base, but yeah. at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're losing a bit on, on defense there, then you gotta have, you might have to make that switch and give Marcus Semyon a chance to be the shortstop and just put Bo at second. That's just like, we're not, we're not here to develop anymore. We're, you know, we're here to win. Right. Like, hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a great point. Like things never go. Or I mean, I shouldn't say never. They rarely go as planned, right? Like 18 months ago, you would have been sitting here being like, oh, this Jay's future with, like you said, third, III, with Short, Nate Pearson coming up. Like sometimes shit just doesn't break the way you want it. But I don't know, maybe I'm just someone who wants to see them have a bit of a longer leash with Bouchette, and I, I'm okay with giving it a bit more of a longer look. Are you, Brendan?
2: Yeah. I, Bo kind of looks like rowdy with the bat right now. Um, it it, it kind of feels more like the yips than maybe necessarily some very obvious problem. That's going to be there for a long time. Um, the, the kind of long-term thinking issue with Bo is if he's not your shorts off, if you decide that he's got to be a second baseman or whatever that means, all these infield prospects the Jays have below him are all more heralded for their bats than their gloves. So, if you're not moving him off a of position, you're probably taking second base, which could have gone to Groshans or Martin or or Elvis Martinez. So to me, there's a really big picture benefit to Bo being the shortstop, which is why I think they need to run out, run it out for a while until it's a little more obvious that it's going to be an issue. Uh, at the same time, it's hurting the team right now, right? So I'm hoping it is more the yips. He's young again. He's a guy who's going to work at it, and you hope he can get better, much like Marcus Semien got better when he was younger playing shortstop. But... Um, a big key for the very long-term health of this club is Bo being a capable shortstop. Otherwise, the team's going to have to go shopping for one, um, and yeah, that removes a position available to some of these these guys that they'll be calling up one day. So, um, give him a little bit more leash, and and hopefully he can figure it out. But it's it's concerning for sure.
0: There you go. That is three up, three down. Brought to you by Twig and Berries. If you use the promo code Nation fifteen, it gets you fifteen percent off your order, and again, free shipping in Canada on orders over $100. We're going to look ahead to the Yankees. Got a couple of questions for Brendan as well. But before that, our big question of the podcast this week, is there any reason to panic? Cam, is there reason to panic? Should we be worried? Are there enough negatives where you think, yeah, oh, maybe this team can't compete for a wild card spot? That's not how I'm looking at it. Like, again, it's, it's early season shit. Like, they take two or three from the Yankees, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, can they compete with the Yankees? Is this going to be a race for the AL East? then one bad week, like shoots you down into being like, well, fuck, where are we going to pick this year? Like I, to me, I I'm still staying like fairly optimistic that they can, you know, get a piece or two throughout the year and, and keep this ball rolling in a positive direction. And for the last three weeks of the season, it might be sweaty, but like, I think they will be in the race for a
1: playoff spot. I'm not panicking. Are you? Uh, No, I don't think I'm panicking. I think one key reason for me is even though the Jays haven't looked that good through nine games, there's been some flaws. If you look around the American league, does anyone look that good? I mean, right now leading the AL East is Boston and then Baltimore and the Yankees are now four and five as well. And Tampa's is also four and five. And then, you know, in the central Cleveland's four and three, the white Sox are four and four, like Oakland is three and seven. And you know, those are the teams that like the only teams that you're kind of surprised about is like, Oh geez, like the angels look pretty good. They're six and three. Like that's better than we thought. And I mean, no, I'm not scoreboard watching in fucking April, but like, <laughs> it's not like, you know, the Jays are the only team struggling here. It's like four and five is that bad. It's okay. Like if if you have a nine game stretch in the middle of August where you go four and five, it's kind of like, ah, that just happened, but everything's just so amplified right now. Right? Like the expectations were so high after that Yankees series. And it was like, Oh, the two and one against the Yankees, they're going to win every game for the rest of the year, but that's not how it's going to work. And there's going to be growing pains. Team's still very young. And it's like, they got to sort some stuff out. And I mean, they're probably going to be pretty good this year. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. There's a lot of things that could go right, but I I wouldn't be jumping off the ship just yet. I guarantee
0: you there will be five and six game winning streaks throughout the season. I guarantee you, they will get swept more than once this season as well. Like, is this just sort of the roller coaster of the season? We're going to have to go through.
2: Yeah, people overreact to, to <laughs> early season baseball just because of the sample sizes, right? It's just, it's how the sport works and weird things happen. The Red Sox got swept at home by Baltimore to open the year. You imagine what that fan base was doing? You imagine Boston phone, sports phone radio, sports oh, sports shit. radio <laughs> after that series and now they're in first place and they won like, I believe they won six in a row, something like that. So it's just weird. Weird things happen this time of year. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned and and you, you feel concerned watching it and then I try to let my you know, objective self take over be like, oh, well, okay, like this, this is just how baseball plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like Cam said too, the, the NL is the top heavy uh, league between the two. There's some elite, high-end, flawless teams in the National League. American League just isn't set up that way right now. So um, as, as much as you kind of feel the pain of the stupid stuff that happens with the team you follow early in the season, um, it's important to remember that pretty much every fan base in the AL is thinking the exact same way right now except the Red Sox and they suck. We know they suck. (laughs) Let their fans have a good week. Um, It's going to be a problem eventually. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a good league to be in for where the Jays are at and a lot of teams are feeling the same way they are. There's, there's some issues, there's some things to really like. Um, And, and uh, I mean, going back to Steven Matz, man, when you've got a starter who you brought in you don't know what you're getting out of, out of him and he's looked this good. Um, I mean, that, that's such a big positive for this team. It's it's something to be really be encouraged by. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm feeling good about how things will play out. But the, the COVID issues and some of this stuff, like this Yankee series does feel a little worrisome. Um, you know, Garrett Cole coming up, they're going to be tough games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the Yankees like to whine when they come to a minor league stadium. So maybe they'll just really have a hard time being in Dunedin. And not feel good about that. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm still confident. I kind of feel the same as I did entering the season, to be honest. But uh, yeah, getting a couple wins here would be would be pretty big for sure.
0: Wouldn't it be a fantastic storyline if the Jays just fucking dominated the Yankees at Dunedin all year, and the Yankees were incredibly sour about it? I'd be all oh, here yeah. for that. Um, Brendan, we couldn't have you on without bringing up the Springer news. I'm sure you've been asked about it like a million times breaking that story. Um, but again, like take us through what was going through your head when you like got the information that like the blue Jays, and if you're listening to this and you're like, why is this being brought up? If you didn't know, Brendan is the man who broke the news. But like when you had the notification pop up, you were like, holy shit, I'm going to run with like breaking this, the biggest piece of news from the major league baseball off season, pretty much like what's going through your head when that's going
2: on. Yeah. Obviously really cool. Right. To, to yeah. go through something like that. I, I had received uh, a notification earlier in the day, like, well, not earlier in the day, but like three hours before the news broke saying like, Hey, this could be happening and it could be happening really soon. Um, so at that point I was glued to my phone for the rest of the day. Um, and that's where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm getting a haircut. That's super inconvenient <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think I, and I've, I've never been phone out well at the haircut guy. I just, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll talk to my barber. I'll talk to people in there whatever. Um, so I text him, I'm like, Hey, I feel bad, but like, I'm going to be glued to my phone while you're cutting my hair. It's for a weird reason. I'll explain when I get there. Is that all right? He's like, Oh yeah, no problem. So, so I went and I like, I just started this haircut and I, and I get that message that I was waiting for. And then I'm rereading it and rereading it. Cause you don't want to say the wrong thing or deliver it in the wrong way. I'm going into my drafts and I had like six different drafts written for different ways to phrase this, to make sure like I'd, I'd hit it. And, uh, I'm also expecting like Heyman and Passon and Morosi to get this at the same time. Right. So I'm thinking like, I need to get this out as quick as possible. So I'm like panicked to get it out, but also incredibly worried to get the wrong, like that I read the message wrong or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was chaotic. Right. And I, I send it out and then I go back and I'm rereading the messages to me again, making sure that I have it right um and, and obviously yeah it worked out it was cool it was wild to be so far out in front of those insider guys because like i said yeah. i didn't expect it to play out that way at all um but yeah i mean a surreal night a surreal week uh i had a lot of fun with it it was it was a really cool experience and uh I, like how just remarkably random um but uh my my, my eyes were on springer all off season long like very beginning of the off it was hey keep your eyes out on springer i think i told cam Back in yep. October, like, Springer's a high on target for the Jays. It's not just noise. This There's some merit behind this. The Jays will be going after them, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, to see that come to fruition months later, um, really, really cool experience.
1: It was funny just how much your um, your entire account popped off after that. Oh, It yeah. was um, – the whole thing was every time that anybody else was signing – because after the Springer thing happened, it was like, okay, like, Bauer is signing and, like, Real Muto is signing and this and that. blah blah. blah. And then under every single like Morosi Heyman tweet, it was like, "Oh, like Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers," and then everybody was tagging you and being like, "Can you confirm? Can you confirm?" It was so funny. And then I I had
2: to be super careful with any like vague tweets I put out after that too, which I didn't even think about. I think it was the night that uh, the night of the Jared Goff Matt Stafford trade, and I just like I tweeted "Wow" with eyeball emojis, like thinking massive football trade. And then there's a meltdown in the replies of that, like, what's happening? What are the Jays doing? I'm like, I'm just (laughs) reacting to football here. Yeah, now all of a sudden I've got this attention on like I actually have to be careful with what I tweet, which who wants to live that life? But (laughs) uh, but yeah, it really, really weird change to to you know how people were following and and people were funny about it, and and uh, you know, night of a lot of people telling the insiders like, make sure you're crediting him and and that type of stuff. So it was fun, like I said, a surreal night, really enjoyed it.
0: Everyone credited you, uh, you, right? Like, pass and yeah. tagged you and all that shit. Like, you got your, you got your. It took, respect okay. it took them it. Them a while to do that. It, yeah, it, there, I, there
2: was some who did, some who didn't. Um, somebody actually sent me a screenshot, like a list of of like different. Uh, they they put a bunch of tweets into one like you know yeah, screenshot yeah. saying like yeah here's like different iterations of how people were talking about this and uh, whether they were crediting you or not. And uh, yeah, it was funny because like I said, I said it was done, right? Like I went from like zero to a hundred when I said this has happened already. And then all those insider guys, I, I could tell, like I've totally impacted their night. i you know, East coast time, it's like 10 o'clock. And now I know they're all chasing the story and they're saying Jays are inching closer to Springer. Jays are now the front runner. Jays are in serious <laughs> talks. And I'm like, guys, this is done. This was done an hour ago. He's on the plane to Dunedin right now. Um, so yeah, just, just weird. Like I, that, that'll never happen again. Uh, I'm sure that just, Random, remarkable way to for that to play out. You're
1: not going to break anything ever again.
2: I'm going to try. <laughs> but,
1: you can try, eh? You got the same source.
2: Okay, so the biggest, the biggest contract in the history of Canadian sports, and all the insiders were like over two hours behind. I can't imagine that's ever replicated again. But uh, I, I'm up for it. Sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: I've never understood phone out at the barber people. Like I don't get it. Like. It w- can you really do both? Can you not just put your phone away for 20 minutes? That's also my takeaway from this conversation is like, I, I, like, I could never be the guy who's like, like scrolling the, through yeah. Twitter while I get my haircut. That's just not me.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're getting hair all over your arm too. your arms. <laughs> all sticking out and hairspray. it's not what you want. So, Hey, look, my barber's a good dude. Uh, Dino, uh, we, we like to joke about this now. It was funny. I think I'd only been there like three times. I just started going there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he enjoyed it. He thought it was hilarious. So we, we had fun with it. And, uh, uh, yeah having again phone stays in the pocket now that's the only reason mm-hmm. i would ever uh maybe if my wife was pregnant okay so maybe if i'm like expecting a baby then i'd be like okay i gotta pay attention to my phone but otherwise i can't imagine any any other scenario breaking sports news or having a baby beyond that no mm-hmm. give him my give him my all to my barber
0: george springer signing with the jays having a child are equal priorities for brendan <laughs> coon uh title of the podcast to this,
2: right no yeah. <laughs> alicia sorry yeah my bad <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. We're running out of time here. So let's quickly hit on the Yankees. I cam, I'll come to you here. One key to victory for the Jays in this three game set against the Yankees. Like what's the one area you're going to be like drilling down and focusing on?
1: Well, the, the offense needs to show up again. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's what the Jays are. That's what they're built to be is a team that scores a whole bunch of runs and they're going up against the Yankees. Best three. They have Garrett Cole, Jamison tyon and Corey Kluber. So it's not going to be easy. I mean, Kluber has been pretty if this year, but Garrett Cole, that's a tough game, but you know, the bats have to show up and they showed up that one night on Saturday. And it's like, does that mean that they're, you know, the floodgates are open and they're ready to break out? Or was that just a weird Saturday night with bad weather? And the angels were already like, whatever, who cares? We've won the first two games. I'm over it. Like it's late. I don't care. I just want to go home. Like, is that what that was? Or are the bats awake now? And I guess we'll see. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. The Jays can't be striking out 700 times a game when they're facing the New York Yankees, the Yankees are going to hit you know, they're going to score runs. They're going to hit dingers, especially in this ballpark. Like, so that's the key. The Jays are going to have to, they're going to have to score runs. Bold, bold take. I know, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you you got to score
0: more runs than the Yankees to beat them in this series. Uh, The Yankees, they're 16th in the league in runs scored 12th in average on a pitching perspective. They're fifth in ERA and third in whip, I believe. Um, So this, I mean, fuck here, here comes captain obvious. This will be a tough series. Um, Brendan, what what are you looking for in this one?
2: Uh, well, Robbie Ray, we haven't seen him in like three yeah. and a half weeks, right? So he's coming back uh, Monday. He gets the Monday start, and uh, I mean that's huge, right? So if spring training Robbie Ray was great, um, if if that's the guy you get Monday, all of a sudden you're feeling really good about two of your three starters. And Stripling, you you kind of hope you can you know get your way to four half decent innings. But uh, yeah, my eyes are all on Robbie Ray because um, he looked great, and then he had to fall down the stairs, and now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we don't really know what his bullpens have looked like and how built up he is and what the team thinks, how far he can go. That's another thing. Having the rain out on Sunday means the bullpen is super fresh and Tommy Malone was the only reliever on Saturday. So if Robbie Ray is only a three or four inning guy, now the bullpen's fresh. And then hopefully you're getting six to seven from Ryu and then, you know, only covering a couple innings there. And then you've got stripling, who's probably a short start, but your, you know, bullpen should be in decent shape. So Um, having the rest days that we get coming out of the weekend here into a critical, you know, Monday through Wednesday series um, really helpful. But uh, yeah, my Robbie is my, my biggest uh, who I'll have my eyes on the most for this series.
0: I will grunt every time he grunts watching it at home. Um, But that rain delay again for like, you bring up the bullpen. That's another reason that rain delay was like such a blessing in disguise. Like when you're playing this run of games in a row to get to like, not have to throw out your shittiest starting pitcher in your organization. And like, also get a chance to rest your bullpen for like a couple days in a row now is, is really, really significant, even though it is early in the season. Um, Brendan, we were going to have like a bigger picture baseball conversation with you, but we just ran out of time. So, uh, later in the season, maybe during like the all-star break or something like that, we'll have you back on for sure. But thanks for your time today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Thanks guys.
0: Cam, as always, thank you as well for, for doing this. And we will chat again on, uh, we'll have an episode coming out Thursday morning after the the Yanks series. After the Yanks, after they sweep the Yanks. So make sure you uh, subscribe all that good shit. Leave us a review as well. We're a pretty new podcast. So we could use the little, uh, five-star click. You give us on your podcast provider. This has been blue Jays nation radio. Shout out to our friends at twig and berries as well. For Brendan cam I'm Tyler. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the Yankee series and we'll talk to you again at the halfway point.
1: Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times.